talking CSU with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth, on the Jim Davis Show. All right, Brian Roth joins us this morning. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Doing well. Thanks, Jim. How are you guys? I'm doing fine. Always appreciate the time. Uh, anything that Brian Roth needs to get off his chest today? <laughs> oh, man. No, life's good. Uh, not much to get off my chest. Other than the fact that I'm in Reno, Nevada right now. <laughs> what, uh, what? What is that? I forget. What's their slogan there? Biggest, the little, biggest c- little city in the world. Biggest little city in the world. Okay. So when you when you're there, <laughs> sounds very Napoleon. No kidding. <laughs> sounds like somebody has a complex of some kind. I don't know. Um, what what does Brian Roth do to kill some time in in Reno? Um, not much. Hang out in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That you know that's not so. We, we're staying kind of close to downtown, and it's really interesting. I mean, you 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 picture Vegas with with it's just always popping, right? And then it's downtown reno where all the casinos are not all of them there's some of the outskirts of town that are kind of the bigger casinos but i mean you go to vegas and there's people everywhere right i mean everywhere you hear and i know it's it's it was a tuesday night last night but i mean the streets are almost deserted it's just it's weird it has an eerie it's like it's like an apocalyptic las vegas that makes any sense. Apocalyptic <laughs> Las Vegas. I expect like, yeah. walkers, zombies to be walking down the street or something like that. That sounds... It, it, it feels like that at times. <laughs> okay, here's another question for you. Have you ever shot a man in Reno just to watch him die? <laughs> Johnny no, Cash wanted me to ask you that question this morning, by right. the way. That's right. But, but I will say this. I mean, there, there are some really nice spots in Reno. Obviously, Tahoe is what, 45 minutes away. Um, some of the casinos on the outside of, of like the Atlantis and Pepper Mill that are not downtown are, are actually fun casinos to go to. And uh, they're, they're very nice parts of Reno, but you know, think of Reno as, you know, of gambling and, and, and casino hotels downtown. It's just, it, it has a weird feel to it. Brian Roth in Reno, Nevada, joining us this morning on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Well, you did face the team from Las Vegas, though it was at Moby. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't in uh, in Las Vegas uh, this past weekend. But uh, picking up the seventy eight to seventy five victory, so the the Rams uh, getting the win against a UNLV team that's been playing some some pretty good basketball. Well, yeah, they they had uh, until last night. Uh, they got smoked at home to Air Force. UNLV did last night in Vegas. Uh, that notwithstanding, yeah, I mean, that, that was a UNLV team that came into Moby Arena. I thought playing with some confidence. They won at Boise State earlier this year. Uh, they they beat New Mexico in Vegas. I mean, so they've, they've beaten some of the upper echelon teams. And and it really had the feel in that game that they were going to beat another upper echelon team in Colorado State. I mean, they UNLV really controlled that game from the opening tip. Um they were hitting the glass. They were really good defensively. And, you know, you get to halftime, and, and all of a sudden the Rams are down 39-32 at the intermission. And, and you're going to the locker room thinking to yourself, wow, I mean, this is a supremely athletic UNLV team, as they are each and every year. And, man, they were shooting the ball well. Uh, they were playing good basketball. And it just kind of felt like, man, CSU had to, had to do something at halftime to, to turn that game around. Well, you get out in the second half, and, and again, it's a sold-out Moby Arena. It was the third sellout here of the season uh, for Colorado State. So, so the arena was packed. It was an orange out, and, and the crowd was just kind of waiting for something to happen. You get in the second half, and 
Next thing you know, that seven-point deficit all of a sudden's up to 10. And UNLV's leading by 10, 13 minutes to go. And just had that feeling of one of those games where, you know, the Rams just didn't have it. And UNLV was going to come over with the win. But, boy, lo and behold, CSU finally threw it into gear. They finally got it going. They were able to race the deficit. And then in about the five, last five minutes of the game, Colorado State, and really Isaiah Stevens in particular, just took over that basketball game. And, and the Rams were able to pull it out 78-75. Yeah, Isaiah Stevens finishing with 18 points. But a couple transfer guys, Nick Clifford from CU uh, and also Joel Scott from, from Black Hill State. 21 and 14 for Clifford and Scott, and so uh, they were the uh, they were in double figures. Uh, Patrick Cartier did have 10 points in that game, but but those two guys uh, certainly helped uh, uh, the Rams pick up that victory against uh, the Rebels. Well, it was good to see Joel Scott too, kind of get back uh, on track. And of course, you know, if you guys know Joel from his time at Black Hill State, was Division Two National Player of the Year last year. Comes to Colorado State for his final year of eligibility, and 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 he he played well this year, but once we've kind of gotten into conference play, I mean, Joel Scott has seen some of the numbers go down. And, you know, just talking to Rams fans, and I've had some of the questions too, like, oh, well, what's happened to Joel Scott? Maybe the the game that, that he had, you know, in, in Division Two isn't translating here to, to Division One. It did in the non-conference, but, you know, scouting reports get much better once you get into conference play. Uh, they start taking away a lot of your sets uh, offensively and, and, and start really um, deeing you up in a way that you can't be as effective. And, and just started wondering if Joel Scott maybe had kind of reached that point. But, man, he had his confidence back. And that's really good because Colorado State's going to need Joel Scott to be a, a, a pivotal key contributor as they head to the rest of the Mountain West Conference late. 14 points against 7 of 9 from the floor and just looked like the Joel Scott that – we had seen earlier in the season. <clears throat> as far as Nick Clifford, I mean, he's been he's been really good all season long, Jim. And and, and it's and it's fun to watch a, a player kind of have um, you know kind of a rebirth, if you will. And obviously, spent the the, the three years at, at Colorado and and kind of lost some of his confidence last year with the Buffs and, and needed a change of scenery. But you look at what Nick Clifford's been able to do. You know, fourteen points per game. He's shooting over sixty percent from the floor. He's shooting 53% from deep. I mean, the kids had 26 of 49 threes here this season. He's 86% from the free throw line. Uh, he's the leading rebounder for Colorado State to, at nearly six and a half boards per game. And, and as we've talked about, Nick Clifford gives the Rams lengths that they just haven't had in previous years. And, and you look at a lot of these teams around the Mountain West Conference, they, they, they have those athletes and the, and the length, and, and CSU hasn't really had that. But they get it with Nick Clifford, and he has just been absolutely dynamite. I mean, he's the second, clearly the second best player on this team behind Isaiah Stevens. Brian Roth, voice of CSU Rams, joining us today on the Team Sports Network. He's in Reno as the uh, Rams will take on Nevada tonight. And, and right now, Colorado State sitting in fifth in uh, conference uh, play with the three and two conference mark. Nevada, they're currently in seventh with a, a two and three record. And and Brian, you look at uh, what Steve Alford has. Uh, you know these fourteen and five against CSU. Uh, Eleven of those wins, of course, came when he was at New Mexico. One of his many stops along his coaching journey. But uh, the Wolfpack, uh, they have uh, three scores averaging double figures. Jared Lucas, seventeen points per game. Uh, Keenan uh, Keenan Blackshear, 
uh, is averaging almost 16 points per game as well. So a couple of uh, really talented scorers in Lucas and Blackshear. Well, just just phenomenal athletes too. And and, and you talked about Lucas. He was a one of the big time gets for for the Mountain West Conference last year in the transfer portal. He started his career at uh, Oregon State. At, uh, was a was a second team All Pac twelve player there, and then went into the transfer portal. And, and Nevada landed them last year, and you know he was second team All Mountain West Conference performer last year, and, and really one of the best shooters in the entire nation. I mean, uh, if Lucas gets a good look from three, I mean, forget about it. He's he's going to knock it down. It's just the the way he is. He he can sometimes be a little selfish, uh, a guy that hunts his shots, and when it's not going, uh, his the rest of his game could take a hit. Um, but a phenomenal player that can certainly light you up for 25 on, on any given night. And then and then the Blackshear kid kind of burst onto the scene last year. I mean, he was a nice player two years ago, and then last year started to take over some games. He had a couple of game-winning shots in Mountain West Conference play last year. And, you know, 6'6", probably one of the best athletes in the entire Mountain West Conference. And, and he's a capable, good three-point shooter. But what he really likes to do is, is, is take folks off the bounce, like to clear out for him, and really let him get downhill going into the paint to either either dish or, or try to finish at the rim and, and certainly get to the free throw line. So, I mean, those two guys are as talented offense, as talented offensive players that, as there are in the Mountain West Conference. Then you have a, a kid like Trey Coleman's been there six years. I mean, this is an old Nevada team. I think it's the oldest team in the in the Mountain West Conference. I mean, they got dudes that are all five and six year guys. Uh, and then the Coleman kid, six foot seven, and one of the best athletes in the conference. And, and, and while not a great offensive player, he is one of the best defensive players, especially with that length of six foot seven, in the Mountain West Conference. And so, you know, this is a Nevada team that like everybody expected to be good. I mean, you went into the season saying there's five teams in the Mountain West Conference that, that really look like the cream of the crop. And, and Nevada certainly was in that. Uh, they only lost one game of the non-conference, came in here to conference play. And now all of a sudden the wheel's getting shaky. They have lost three straight games. So this is a pivotal game for them here tonight. Rams at Nevada tonight. And then Saturday uh, you're off to Laramie where it's uh, border war in the hardwood. Rams and uh, the Wyoming Cowboys uh, and right now, the Wyoming right behind CSU in the, in the Mountain West Conference standings. Sam Griffin for them, averaging over 18 points per game. And we always know that it's uh, it's a lot of fun when when the Rams and Cowboys score off. It, it could be tiddlywinks. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's always a lot of fun when those two uh, collide on the hardwood. Oh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a grind up there. There's no question. And yeah, it's a Wyoming team that they played San Diego State well last night in San Diego before the Aztecs pulled away. And a Wyoming team that defeated this Nevada team, the Rams are going to face. They defeated them on Saturday and put up 98 and knocked down I think, 13, 15 threes on, on Nevada. So it's a Wyoming team that's completely new, Jim. I mean, they, I, I believe, only had one player that uh, returned from last year's team, and they had a mass exodus of players. Jeff Linder has had to kind of regroup there, and, and he's a terrific coach. I mean, there's just make, make no two ways about it. I mean, he's one of the best X's and O's coaches in the Mountain West Conference. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting stretch because, 
you know, CSU has San Diego State coming up next Tuesday as well as home. And so you get a tough road game tonight, Jim, against a Nevada team that's going to be desperate. I mean, all of a sudden Nevada's on the bubble of the NCAA tournament. And certainly their conference championship hopes are, are kind of on life support here early on in the season if they don't turn it around. So this is a game that Nevada, I mean, looks at and says, hey, if we're going to win a conference championship and if we're going to make it to an NCAA tournament, this is an opportunity to pick up a quad one win tonight against Colorado State. So the Rams are going to get Nevada's best shot here tonight. CSU still looking for their first big road win in conference play. Then you get to turn around and go to Wyoming, and then you get San Diego State at home. So a really interesting stretch here for Colorado State. But, man, you would you'd love to get a road win. You'd love to get two road wins. But, you know, at, at some point you're going you're gonna to have to start winning away from Moby Arena. All right, 8.30 tonight for that one. Uh, Rams at Nevada, and then 2 o'clock Saturday at Wyoming. You can catch uh, Brian's call on the Varsity app. Just a couple of other housekeeping things, Brian, before we let you go. Uh, the passing of Larry Zimmer last weekend, longtime voice of the Colorado Buffaloes. And I know you, like myself, we've lived here a very, very long time. And uh, there's no doubt at some point you, you heard Larry Zimmer call a whole lot of either Broncos games or Buffs games back in the day. And uh, just you know, one of the all-time great gentlemen, one of the all-time great broadcasters we've had here in the state of Colorado, sadly passing away at the age of 88. Well, without question. And, and you know, I, I remember listening to Bob Martin as the play-by-play guy. Larry Zimmer was his color analyst. And Bob was one of the all-time greats. And then you get Larry Zimmer that slides into the Broncos play-by-play role, who was absolutely terrific. I mean, those two are by far the pinnacle of Denver Bronco broadcasters. You, you, you can't say much more about those two, but you know, Larry Zimmer grew up listening to him, Jim, and then in college, um, you know, I was interested in getting into into radio and the sports broadcasting, and uh, I applied for an internship at KOA, and remember Larry calling me and asked me to come down to his office and walk to his office. I was like, I can't believe I'm, I'm talking to the Larry Zimmer, and I ended up interning for Larry for two years at KOA and just really opened my eyes up to the sports broadcasting world, the radio world, and and he became a mentor uh, to me. And then he was uh, a big part of, of helping me land a job at Colorado State some 20 years ago and has just been somebody that I've leaned on over the course of, of, of the last two-plus decades and have come to for advice if I've had broadcast issues or you know, try to find jobs and move my way up into the broadcast world. Larry Zimmer was there every step of the way. And, you know, whenever we'd play Colorado, uh, I'd always sit down for a, a nice 15, 20-minute chat with Larry. So one of the all-time greats, uh, certainly probably my biggest broadcasting mentor that uh, that I have had and, you know, he, uh, he he will be missed. He was a great man. Uh, no doubt about it. We were lucky enough to have him on our show a few times and just a uh, tremendous broadcaster, tremendous human being. Uh, certainly losing a great one with, uh, with the death of Larry Zimmer. And then uh, we go from something very sad uh, to something very happy, and that's Todd Helton going into <laughs> the Baseball Hall of Fame. We, he finally, finally pushed it across the finish line. He crosses home plate to get to the Hall of Fame. Nothing's easy for the Colorado Rockies, is no. it? Right? I mean, nothing comes easy. Preach. Right. <laughs> He's, uh, I mean, deserving. I mean, it's ridiculous that it's taken that long. It's like Larry Walker. I mean, Larry Walker's a Hall of Fame player. Finally, you know, finally 
got in and, and great to see Todd Helton finally get in because, you know, you talked about one of the all-time uh, great hitters in the, in the history of Major League Baseball. Certainly he is it. And I'm trying to think back of uh, what was the year that Jeff Kent won the MVP? Oh, what was that, 02 maybe? Uh, sounds 02. right. I mean, it, you know, Helton should have won the MVP that year. I think he hit like 373, had like 47 home runs and 100 and, uh, you know, 40 RBIs. And, and yet, for some reason, he didn't win the MVP that season, got completely robbed. I think he finished like fourth or fifth. And, you know, obviously the course field biased and, and whatnot. But, like, I mean, that's was one of the great all-time seasons in the history of, of baseball and one of the most consistent hitters in the history of baseball, too. So, great to see. Yeah, I'm trying to find the year. It's not showing the year. But Jeff Kent, and it was Barry Bonds, and then Todd Helton finished fifth in the voting. Fifth, right. Yeah, I and mean, he had a obviously really sensational season. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, what are we doing here? Like, his numbers that year were eye-popping, and of course national media and the East Coast media in particular, just discounted it all. Discounted it all because he played at Colorado. Yeah, he Helton hit three seventy two. That's when he was chasing four hundred and people were like, hey, he might he might right. catch Ted Williams. And uh slugging percentage was six ninety eight. Uh he had fifty nine doubles, hit forty two home runs, scored hundred and thirty eight runs. Jeff Kent's numbers he had three thirty four, thirty three homers, hundred and twenty five RBIs. He didn't suck. But certainly Todd Helton's numbers were pretty damn impressive. So, I mean, he, right. had, he had almost... And, and, of course, he was... I mean, he had 372. In the, in the field. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I hated Jeff Kent anyway. He was a jerk. So... I, yeah. <laughs> he, was a, I mean, he was a giant. <laughs>